Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Jesus. Well, would you just bow your heads and extend your hands this morning? Come on, we're not done worshiping. We're just worshiping in a different way. We just thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you. We thank you so much. I just want to prepare you. We had a women's conference this weekend, as you heard, and my life has been changed. So look, this is the Lord's service. Amen. And he's going to do whatever he wants to do. I already told him that. So I just thank you, Father God. We just thank you. We thank you so much. We thank you for Jesus. Gosh, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for that sacrifice. We thank you that we can come into this house and lift your name high. We thank you, Father God, for the freedom that we have to praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift your voice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Our heart cry, Father, is to please you, Lord. Our heart cry is to just bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Oh, you're so good to us. Oh, won't you rest on us? Rest on us. Come rest on us. Come on, is that your prayer this morning that he would rest on you? Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Oh, won't you come have your way? Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Have your way. Come have your way. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Have your way. Have your way. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just do this? Would you take your hand and put it over your heart? I just want you to take a moment in your own words and say, God, I open up my heart to you. There are no closed hearts in this room. We make ourselves receptive to your spirit today. We thank you, Lord. Where there's any calluses, Father, I thank you that you're softening our hearts to your presence, to your spirit, Lord, to your word today. We aim and purpose that we are not going to leave the same way we came. And if you believe that, would you say amen? Awesome. Thank you, worship team. You're the best. Love you guys. Awesome. Okay, wait, where is... Who brought this up here? Daniel? Jaden? Jaden, can you bring this down there, actually? I always do this. I'm like, oh, I'll be on stage. Just kidding. I don't like that. <laughs> okay, so how are you guys doing this morning? Awesome. Good. Me too. Me too. Well, this morning, I'm actually going to be talking about uh, discipleship. And it's so funny. Pastor Andrew kept talking about the heart and stuff, I was like, he is stealing my message, kind of. Just kidding. That's okay. We can talk about the heart all the time, and everybody can talk about it. It's like allowed. So today, if you're taking notes, which you should be, you can entitle uh, this message, The Heart of the Matter. Yes, The Heart of the Matter. And um, it's like the heart of the matter within discipleship, right? And so when I was praying and like asking the Lord, like what to talk about, um, he kind of showed me like two parts of discipleship. 
And one is kind of like what's happening here, right? Like I'm talking to you about a revelation that the Lord's given me from the word. The second part of that is what Matthew 28, 19 says. And that's in the, ampl- in the Amplified. It talks about going to make disciples in all nations. That is the Great Commission or like a part of it at least. Like you're supposed to go make disciples, but also lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Amen. Can we, are we all in agreement? That's in the word. That's what we're supposed to do. Yes? Awesome. So the two parts of those things, like I was saying, is like this is right now and right here. If you're watching online, this is a part of discipleship. But also another like area of discipleship that I just want to point out is that if you are a part of this church, like you prayed and you asked the Lord, where am I supposed to go? And the Lord said, Trinity, this is your home church. That means that you have given yourself over to the discipleship of pastors Caitlin and Andrew and, other, and, and the other pastors in this house. Would you agree? If you don't, well, here, you, here, we, go, here we are. That's the truth. That's what's going on. And if you're in any group in this, in this church, like if you're a part of the worship team, then you're under the leadership of Andrew and I. And we disciple you by way of worship, just like the pastors disciple by way of like preaching the word and things like that, Right. Um, and even if you're watching online or maybe you're a first time, you're like, this is your first time here. You're like, I don't go to church here, but I'm just here to tell you that even if it's not Trinity, it's very important to note that where God has called us, that is the authority and the leadership that we should be submitted under. Now, now that I've said that, don't we love that? That's the truth. And you all agreed with me. So let's talk about some hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we've all opened up our hearts. We've purposed that God is going to move in here. And so a bit of correction I want to help and bring to your attention is that, you know, when we come and we submit ourselves under the leadership or the discipleship of people in churches, how many, how many, you know, like sometimes like people just decide that they're not going to listen. Have you, let's just do this. I have been a person before who did not want to listen to my leadership. Anybody else? Can we be honest in church? Awesome. Let's be honest in church. Amen. Okay, so that's a problem. That is an issue. You know, here we say there's always room for one more, and when you're here, you're family, and that is 100% true, but sometimes when you're family, there's things that you got to discuss. There's hard topics that you have to discuss, and how many of you know that whenever it comes to the leadership of this house, I can speak for no other house except for this house, but for this house, we're very keen to listen. And that's actually my first point, is in discipleship, you have to listen. There's a slide. There you go, Blake, doing great. Listening is required. Now, what does that mean? That means that in leadership, in this house, or even when you're discipling other people, right, because those are the two parts, like this kind of discipleship and you're discipling other people, you have to listen. Incline your ear to hear what the Father has to say. And where do we even get this idea from? Well, I'm so glad you asked. It's from Jesus. So all throughout Scripture, like Jesus is so good at this. He has the 12 disciples, as you know, and he walks with them and talks with them. I mean, he went and and found Peter and Andrew. They were fishermen, right? They're out and they're doing doing their job. And he said, listen... Why don't, you, why don't you take up your cross and, and, and follow me? Why don't you follow me and I'll make you fishers of men? Now, at that time, it's like, what does that even mean? You know, like right now, it's like, yeah, that was so amazing. Well, you have to think like them, right? They didn't know what that meant. Be a fisher of men like Jesus. That's weird. Are we going to put nets over people? Right? Like that was such a weird thing. And yet they followed him anyway and they, weren't, they didn't just follow him. And even like when I think about scripture, like they were close to Jesus. They walked with him. They talked with him. I mean, Jesus had a treasurer, so he, he trusted them with things. He explained hard things to them. And even, I want to direct your attention to, I believe it's Matthew 14, 13. Wow, Blake, I'm so sorry. This is like the one scripture I did not give you, I think. Sorry about that. Let's turn to Matthew 14, 13. <laughs> so to give you a little bit of background, 
This is the time when King Herod um, was the governor. And you can take it down. And then when I'm ready for it, you can put it back up. How about that? So this is time when Herod is governor and he's ruling. And he has it out for John the Baptist. John the Baptist is shaking things up because he knows that there is one who is coming. And he's been preparing the way for the one who is coming. And Herod gets married. You can go back and read this. I'm not, this is just like, go back and read it, okay? Read it for yourself. But Herod has this party and he has this new wife that he's trying to impress. And his stepdaughter comes before him and says like, and he says, whatever you want, I will give it to you. And Herod, you know, he's blabbing off at the mouth. He's telling this in front of lots of people. And she says, because of her mother, I want the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Really super nice stuff. Anyway, he says, crud, I don't really want to do that, but I will. Long story short, he beheads John the Baptist and Jesus knows John the Baptist. And that's like a really hard, how many, like loss is hard. Death is really difficult. And yet, in, the, in some parts of the gospel, I think it's Mark, it says like some months later, Jesus was moved with compassion. This leads up to the story of the five loaves and the fishes. So it says that Jesus wanted to go away and have some time for himself, understandably so, someone he knows was just brutally murdered. And yet, the crowds followed him. Their hunger, out of their hunger, they followed him and wanted to see what he was doing. Now the disciples will, are like, well, let's turn the people away. And Jesus says, no. He says he's moved with compassion. No, let, let's, uh, let's minister to these people, right? Let's feed the people. Well, Jesus, we don't have food. And Jesus is like, watch this, right? And then we know he takes what was not enough and makes it more than enough. Now, if you're really listening to this, what is he really showing them? that it takes listening, inclining your ear to what the Father has to say. Because there are going to be tough moments in life, right? There's going to be death, tribulation. There's going to be challenging people, okay? I was a challenging person, okay? So there's going to be these difficult times and moments. And yet, we can choose to incline our ears and be moved by compassion to do the work of the Father, right? It's so important that we don't get so caught up in what we want or our feelings and how hurt we were and gosh dang it, that was so not okay and our own trauma or setbacks. Now, don't make any mistake. I'm not saying that anything that you've ever gone through is small. I'm not saying that at all. God sees it. He knows it. Better than anybody in this room, he knows the pain that you've endured. But yet, he still calls us. There's an opportunity and an open door for you to keep going, even though things are difficult. Amen? Can you put up that scripture now, Blake? Look at you. You're so great. So this is Matthew 14, 13. This is when Jesus heard it, he withdrew from there privately in a boat to a solitary place. But when the crowds heard of it, they followed him by land on foot from the towns. Verse 14. Oh, you weren't ready for 14, huh? Sorry, man. When he went ashore, he saw a great throng of people. He had compassion, pity, and deep sympathy for them and cured their sick. So he was so moved that even though his friend, I think his cousin actually, died, a family member has died, and yet he is moved by compassion to heal the sick among this throng of people and not only heal their sick, but fill their bellies. That's so good. So whenever we are discipling others or back to like the example of myself and leadership, but also think of yourself, listening is required. So listening above to hear what the father has to say and around, what are the people around me needing? And I have three questions for that if you want to write them down. I had on this, our slide, it says, how, who, and is your own house in order? So that first one is, how can I help those around me experience the kingdom? So think back to our great example, our great teacher, Jesus. He listened to how people can experience the kingdom of heaven. Think about it. You think people experienced heaven when they were given loaves and fishes unendingly when there was only five loaves and two fish? Do you think they experienced the kingdom when 
they were having a really bad day not being healed and now they're healed. That's the kingdom realm of heaven. That's what we're supposed to bring to others. And even for my own self, I'll, give my, I'll use myself as an example. There are moments where I'll just be super transparent with you, okay? I don't want to answer my phone, all right? I don't want to answer text messages from people, people calling me all the time, that, that needing things, needing all these things. But you know what? When I say, you know, Lord, I told you that my life is not my own, and I meant it. And I told you I would give you my yes, and I meant it. So I answer the phone. I respond to the text message. I say the gracious things. I give of my time. I give of my resources. Whatever I have, it's open to anyone. I will, at any time or hour, you can come and have dinner at my house. And that is not just a thing. That's, that literally just happened not too long ago. Uh, I think Faith was over at my house, and she goes, hey, can so-and-so come over? I was like, yeah, sure. They asked if you have any food. Do you have food? I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so this person came over, and I made them a pasta sauce very super randomly at one night. And what opened the door to that is a deep, Jesus-filled conversation. And later on, I mean, they were there for hours at my house. And she said to me, she was like, literally the words that you just said, like entered into my spirit and I have a revelation of of what I'm supposed to do, my place in this particular area. Listen, that is discipling others. That is really what it's about. Now, if I had not continually made a practice of listening to how am I supposed to impact those around me, And then the next question, who, if I didn't continually make a practice of this, I could say, well, I mean, I have some food, but I mean, it's like for my family. But I like have stuff, but it's kind of late. It's like late at night, you know, I got to go to sleep and stuff. I'm not saying don't utilize wisdom, but I mean, I'm of the belief and I think y'all are too, because we just talked about giving. If I give of my food, don't you think that God's going to give it back to me? If I give of my resources and my time and my energy, I believe that God will give it back to me. Why? Because it's literally not about me, but about his kingdom and his people experiencing the kingdom realm like he intends for us to. Amen? And then there's the who. So who in this time have you called me to reach? Who in this time have you, God, called me to reach? Um, Sometimes it's nobody. Can I just say that? Sometimes in this discipleship thing, like you just need to be discipled by the Lord or by leaders around you, and that's absolutely fine. Maybe there's like a hard season of your life where you're really needing some rest and rejuvenation. That's all fine and good. And knowing where you're at, hearing what the Father has to say. I mean, even Jesus is our example in this as well. When Lazarus died, Jesus took time before he raised him from the dead, which I just think is hilarious. He took a second, he was sad, and then raised him from the dead. I just love it. But my point in that is that it's okay to take time to rest. So sometimes the who is you, and that's good. It's good to be cognizant of what you need in, in whatever season of life that you're in. And then my, my last point with listening is required is, is your house, is your own house in order? And I wrote down, start from the head down. And this is where we start talking about the heart. Check your heart. And with that, I want you to turn to Mark 4. And we're going to start in verse 3. And I'm in the Passion Translation if you are using a digital Bible. And it says, Consider this. A farmer went to sow seeds. As he cast his seeds, some of it fell along the beaten path, and soon the birds came and ate it. Other seeds fell onto gravel with no topsoil, and the seeds quickly sprouted since the soil had no depth. But when the days grew hot, the sprouts were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots. Other seeds fell among the thorns, so when the seeds sprouted, so did the thorns, crowding out the young plants so, they could no, so, they, so that they could produce no green. But some of the seeds fell onto good, rich soil that kept producing a good harvest, some yielding 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as was planted. If you understand this, 
then you need to respond. And I love that the Passion says it this way. And I think actually in the footnote for verse 9, it might actually be here. Let me see. Oh, yeah. So in the footnote, it says, or, like it can be said this way, the one with ears to hear should, should use them. And we usually apply portions of this parable to unbelievers, but Jesus instructs us to apply it to ourselves. The four kinds of soils speak of the four kinds of hearts. Hard hearts, hollow hearts, half hearts, and whole hearts. With the first soil, we see the activity of Satan, the second, that of the flesh, and the third, that of the world. Bearing fruit is never a problem with the seed, but with the soil it falls upon. And I thought that was so good because I think it's before you can do any of the things that I'm even talking about, your heart is of the utmost importance. It's almost like you need to go backwards in the steps and check your own heart. Where are you at? And I feel like anytime I'm, I like have the honor and privilege to preach, I'm always talking about the heart in some capacity. But you want to know why? Because I'm a worship leader, okay? And guess what? Worship leaders are more prone to pride. Worship people, people who lead worship in any capacity, you play an instrument, you sing a song, you're prone to pride. So guess what? I said, nope, not me. I'm going to be a person who's constantly checking my heart. Lord, what's in there? Rearrange the furniture if you need to. And I think that every person needs to do that. That's not just for worship leaders. I think it's important, but I think that's for every person. Where is your heart? How is your heart? Are you taking time to take inventory of where your heart is at? Because if you're not, then what happens is that when you are in a spot where you're discipling people, right? You have people who are calling you, who are needing things, who want to sit at your table and break bread with you, which is awesome and beautiful and wonderful. But if your heart is not in the right spot, then guess who you'll do that for? You. It's not the Lord, right? You'll get to a spot because you're not sure the condition of your own heart that you just serve and serve and serve and do and do and do and do without taking time to consider what soil am I right now? Where am I at? It's not just right for, just like the word is even saying, it's not just right for unbelievers to check their hearts because generally unbelievers, they're, they're all over the place. They need Jesus. No, no, no. Talking to us who are saved, filled, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, all that good stuff, you need to check your heart. And if you needed a sign for, when should I do that? All the time. Every day. Every moment. God, I give you my heart. I lay it before you. What's, what's wrong with it? Is there anything wrong with it? Is there something you're not pleased with? Would you show me? And the reason I said, is your house in order? Because how many of you know that your first and foremost ministry is your family? Your husband, your wife, your children, that is your first ministry. And if you, with your lovely self, are going around serving till you can't serve no more and praying over people and praise the Lord having just a good old ministry time, but your house is falling apart, you're wrong. I'm so sorry to tell you. That's a beautiful thing in order. God is a God of order. And if your house looks awry, if your kids are acting crazy because they need you and you're not there, you're off. It's wrong. And we have to stay in a spot where we're listening above to how am I supposed to impact those around me? What would you have me say? And to be perfectly honest with you, I never get up here and and say something that I'm not doing myself. So I'm going to give you an example. I had an opportunity, I always have an opportunity to lead worship for Freedom Crusades because I'm actually the worship leader for Freedom Crusades. My husband and I both, we love to do that. But we decided if there are weekends where Adia is in town with us, which is my bonus daughter, we're not going to do it. Why? Because she's our first ministry. We value her. We love her very much. And she sees that we lead worship. The girl told she's she's going to lead worship one day. She told Caitlin that her and McKenna, whenever we're gone, that they're going to be the pastors. Okay, so she sees and knows well what we do and how we do it. She, she hears the prayer requests, and we'll stop and pray for people. 
But how many of you know, like, it's important for us to take time for her just in our own house to do things that are unrelated to church? Like, literally anything. Like, she wants to go shopping. Like, when are, when are we going to have a Carrie and Adia date? That's what she says to me. I'm like, well, we're going to have, in June, we're going to make, we're going to make, every weekend you come, a big deal, because it's her birthday in June. But it's super important to be all in with your family. Because how many of you know that when things are right at home, everything else is going to be right? Your relationship with your spouse, super important. I'm of the belief that if your relationship with your spouse is not okay, probably don't need to do anything else until that is right. Now, obviously, like there's some there's some like different some different things that kind of play into that, but for the most part, I think you should always just take time for your spouse. They're important. God gave them to you, steward them well. Amen. So my my second point. So the first point is listening is required above and around. My second point is um, relationship is essential. So going back to that point about Jesus and the disciples, he walked with them and talked with them and, and did life with them. I mean, he even said some kind of harsh things to them. But in retrospect, when I think about, oh, relationship, he had a relationship with them. So he could tell them like, Guys, I went to go pray for like a second. Like you couldn't just like keep praying and pay attention. You know, we read that and we think like, oh, like Jesus is kind of harsh. Like he's, he's sassy. But he was sassy because he had a relationship and he knew every single one of his disciples. He knew what they were capable of. So he's like, no, no, no. Come on, you guys. You couldn't have done that? And so I think that whenever we have a relationship with people, because I have a relationship with people, I can say things to them in love. That's very important. In kindness, also very important. That maybe are harder to hear because relationship has given me that opportunity. Does that make sense? Uh, somebody made the comment to me, like you, you like say correction in like the grace, the most graceful way. <laughs> I was like, thank, thank you, <laughs> which is good because that means that you do know that what what's happening is not okay, but you also know that I love you. You also know that I'm saying this thing to you, not because I want to cut you down, but because I want you to be better. And that's the same that goes for you. Whoever is in your life that you feel like God has given you place, have a relationship with them. And that takes time. And I think it's so beautiful that Jesus, all three years of his ministry, he spent all this time with these guys. They're like a ragtag group of people, which is awesome. But it wasn't just like a one-and-done situation. He didn't just come down like God that he is, say, everyone, I'm here to save you. Here I am. It's me. It's Jesus of Nazareth. Write that down. It'll be important. I'm going to die, and you all should follow me, and then whisked himself away to heaven. Wouldn't that be something? That'd be kind of wild. Like, wow, this person, not really sure who he is and not really sure why he came. There are some prophecies about him, but I thought it was going to be different. No. No, he walked with them and talked with them and, and did difficult things with them. Relationships take time. And it's important that we invest the appropriate time in relationships so that we can see the appropriate fruit. Right? Amen. And then... The other thing I wanted to talk to you about is point C, which is rest. Sorry, it's number three. <laughs> In my notes, it says A, B, and C. On here, it says one, two, and three. You just got to work with me. It's going to be fine. <laughs> so live in rest. Take a load off and loosen your hold. So this is for all my people who you're like, you're discipling left and right. Okay? They should just basically call you Jesus Jr. because you're just out there. <laughs> discipling everybody, doing the good work of the gospel. Amen. But because your heart isn't fully in check, you work endlessly to disciple people, and yet you get mad because you heard from the good Lord something for so-and-so, and so-and-so didn't listen. So rude. So-and-so knows that you hear from the good Lord, And they just ignored what you had to say. My goodness. (laughs) I'm laughing and making a joke of it, but it's real, okay? How many of you know, raise your hand. 
Come on. If you're discipling people, raise your hand. If you're a mentor in any way, you tell somebody something they need to hear because you know their life intimately and you know it's from God and they don't listen. And you're like, really? I've had moments like that. And to save myself from some frustration, I went to the Lord. I was like, Lord, what is going on? This person, they told me that they want to hear my input in their life. They said, yes, I trust you as a mentor in my life. Blah, 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 blah. And then I told them the thing, Lord. I told them the thing that you told me to tell them, and they didn't listen to me. And you know what the Lord said? Was this about you or is it about me? Right? Okay. Okay. It's about you, Lord. Excuse me. <laughs> it's not about me. Okay. And so then I just took time and said, Lord, I just, I release this person to you. Like they're, they're your son. They're your daughter. You know how to speak to them. You are speaking to them without me. You'll keep speaking to them after me. And so I say that to you, release whoever it is. Trust that the Lord is sovereign. He's mighty. He can reach anybody. He will reach anybody and he doesn't need your help. He desires your help, right? The giftings and the callings that he's placed in your life, it is for such purpose. But let's not get it twisted that we must be the way that people come to know him. We're, it's, we're not the savior of the world. Jesus already did it. That's a done deal. So now we just obey him. And you know what the most important thing is? Is that we obey him. Because the other side of that is being in fear of man and crouching in this spot where we're like, I'm just afraid to tell that person that thing. Lord, it's so hard and difficult. And then we don't do it. Guess who it's still not about? You. It is still not about your feelings and how this is hard and I just can't. And I just, I don't want that person. I don't want them to not be my friend anymore. Which that's real. I understand. We don't want to lose people but I want to be in front of God Almighty and for him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Good job for saying all those hard things that you didn't want to say. Good job for listening to me when everything around you said to do something different. Thank you for going the other direction. Because guess what? Every time I've had to say something so hard to people, I start with like, you know, kindness and love. And I'll even say, I think I'm about to say something you don't like. My husband's like, amen. She's, yep, heard that before. (laughs) And I'd say what I have to say, and it's received well. Well, why? Because we go back to relationship. I have a relationship with the people that I'm speaking to. I have a relationship, not just any old kind of relationship, but no, deep relationship with people. And I'm able to say things that probably no one else can say. Like one time I told someone, I was like, yeah, I think that's actually dumb. You shouldn't do that. That's dumb. And they're like, yeah, I agree. That is dumb. (laughs) And why? Because I'd spent time with that person, had lots of moments, lots of sharing my table with that person. And so look, it's, it's really not about what we have to say. We can trust that God's going to meet that person, however he needs to do so. So you can rest That's what that main point is about. Live in a place of rest. Whether they receive it or they don't receive it, it's still not about us. It's about being obedient. And there was even a time where I knew I clearly heard from the Lord to tell this person. This was years ago. I felt led to tell this person something. And I was like, Lord, they're not going to listen to me, but it's okay. I'm going to tell them anyway. Fine. So I told them the thing. Well, I already know that. And I was like, okay, yeah, you're right, you do. And I just went on. I was like, well, Lord, I, I gave that to you. I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it. It's fine. Do you know that years later, like, this person called me and was like, do you remember this, 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 and this? And you told me this. And I was like, no. And she was like, well, it changed my life. Like to this day, I go back to that time that you told me that thing that I didn't want to listen to. And I was like, well, praise God. That's awesome. I was like, I didn't say it for you. (laughs) Just being honest, I was like, I said it because I knew the Lord told me to. She's like, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I didn't listen to you. I was like, it's okay. I was like, because you're here now. That's all that matters. 
And that, that needs to be your heart's cry too. It doesn't matter that per- people reject you. They rejected Jesus. Come on. If they rejected Jesus, the son of man, if they saw him do miracles and raise people from the dead, then what's going to stop people from rejecting little old you? Come on. We just have to get over it. We have to say, I have died to myself. I've been crucified with Christ Jesus. No longer I that lives, but him that lives in me. So I'm gonna do the things that he says to do, even when it's really difficult, even when people are looking at me like I'm nuts, like who who does she think she is? And I'm gonna live in the place that God's called me to. I'm gonna rest in this spot that he has put me in. That's what matters. I'm so thankful for the word of God and for the Holy Spirit and for how gracious he is to teach us these things and for how lovely he is to help us recognize where we've gotten it or we've gotten off or we've said the wrong thing or we've done the wrong thing. His grace and his mercy just scoops us up and says, it's okay, like we're going to make it right. It's not a big deal. It's going to be okay. And listen, I'm really learning this for myself, especially the resting part of this thing. I know for myself that my heart is in a good spot currently, right? And I know that there are things that he's called me to, things that he's called me to do and to say that no other person is going to do or say. And I've had to take some really hard moments to say, okay, God, it's really not about me. It is about you. And I know that you've told me to do this. So I just have to rest in what you've spoken to me. And I think that that's for a lot of you in this room today. The Lord's called you, spoken to you about doing certain things that scare the fire out of you, honestly. But you need to do it anyway. Why? Because on the other side of your obedience is the blessing that you didn't even know that you needed, but he has it for you. He has it for you. I really believe that that is for somebody. So if that's you, you don't have to make a big scene out of it, but you just say, I received that for me. God's called some of you in this room to enter into into doors that nobody else can enter into except for you. And you have to be willing to say okay to that. And do you know half the time that the Lord's called us to do difficult things, to walk into situations that we're like, what are we even doing here? It's always about the person who's coming behind you. The way that God's anointed my life and Andrew's life to lead worship on this stage, it is so fun and so awesome, but it's literally not for us. It's for the Gabbies. It's for the Demis. It's for the Miss Eileen's in the room. It's for, pe- it's for the Rachel's. It's for other people who can come up under us and push out what it is that God's called this house to do. See, if we get so small-minded about discipleship, we'll miss God. It is never about this day and age, this time. No, it's about generations to come. That's the bigger part about discipleship. It's never just about this time. What I'm doing right now in my life, the seeds that I'm sowing into my own life by praying, by taking time to to break bread with people at inconvenient moments, to have conversations that I don't necessarily want to have, it's for my daughters, right? It's for Adia Joe. It's for Isla. It's for both of them to see that they can live fearlessly and fully for the Lord without fear of man or of missing it. Because look, in discipleship, when you're discipling others, you're going to miss it. You're going to get it wrong, okay? I've gotten it wrong so many times. It's beautiful. But you know what happens? You get it wrong and you say, Lord, I repent. I see that that was incorrect. You go to that person and say, hey, I got it wrong. I apologize. Do you forgive me? And then you move on. That's what it has to be about. And really quick, I want to go to Galatians 5. Is this good for you guys? Is this helping you? Good, 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 good. Really quick, so before I read Galatians 5, I was like thinking about this last night, like before I was like about to go to sleep actually. The Lord kind of just revealed to me that even though Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him, he lived from such a place of rest and doing only what he heard the Father tell him to do that he didn't try to like, oh no, Peter, let me tell you something. So Judas is going to betray me. Maybe you can like help and like smooth the waters over a little bit. Maybe like he can betray me now, okay? But maybe not that much. 
No, he lived in such a place of rest. His life was so not his own that he knew what he was going to do and still trusted him. Judas was the guy with all the money. Judas had Jesus's change, okay? That's a big deal. And yet, he lived from such a place of rest in such a place that I'm not going to concern myself with these earthly things that he just let it happen. Of course, you know, we're like, well, he's Jesus. He can do that. I don't know about me. No, no, no. Turn your attention to Galatians 5. Starting in verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes, is love, gladness, peace, patience, and, ever, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continence. Against such things, there is no law that can bring a charge. And those who belong to Christ Jesus, the Messiah, have crucified the flesh, the godless human nature with its passions and appetites and desires. If we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. If by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward walking in line, our conduct controlled by the Spirit. So going back to that whole thing about resting, and even when it comes to like saying difficult things to people, if the fruit of the Spirit is not something that's constantly on your mind when you're discipling others, like I would just encourage you to go back and find yourself as a disciple of the Lord Jesus, discipling other people, you need to do it by the Spirit. Because if you're doing it in the flesh, you're going to reap the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, then you'll reap of the Spirit. There have been so many moments and times in my life that I, I don't remember saying the things that I was supposed to say to people but because I sowed it in the spirit and I didn't regard myself and I didn't think like, oh, I hope this doesn't, whatever. I didn't get caught up on those natural things. The thing I reaped was of the spirit. People being kind, people remembering things. I have no idea. I don't remember at all, but it's because I made a daily practice of this. I made a daily practice and I still do make a practice of listening above and around, having relationships, deep relationships with people and then just resting. Resting in the fact that you know you heard the Lord, but also resting in the fact that this is the place he's called you to, and you're not going to question it. You're not going to make excuses for it. You're just going to be in that spot. Do you know that when you rest in the place that God's called you to be, you have authority? I mean, that sounds nice. I'll just say it again. Like Only like three people like responded. I'll let the Lord, I'll let it simmer. I'll let it simmer. Let's try again. Do you know when you rest in the place that God's called you to, you have authority? That means, I'll give you an example. There was something happen, happening, actually, I'll share this. I can say her name because she's talked about it online. So there's a girl named Amaris. She's really wonderful. And the Lord's called me to disciple her. And we kind of like had a thing, talked about it. And there was a time, right, because I'm resting in the, the place that God's called me. I'm a mentor in her life. There was a moment where the Lord said, to me, this was super random. I knew it was God. I was moving. We were moving from one apartment to another. And the Holy Spirit said, stop and pray against the spirit of death over Amaris. I was like, okay, well, in Jesus name, I rebuke the spirit of death. I thank you that that death doesn't have a hold on her, that she will live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. Two hours later, she was in Africa at the time. I get a text message, pray for Amaris. She's septic right now. She could die, just all these things. And I was like, oh, oh no, this is already taken care of. Like, this is already done. This is a done deal. Why? And it wasn't like a big, I didn't make like a big hoorah about it, okay? I'm in my apartment and I'm moving and I heard the spirit of the Lord say to do something and I did it and I knew it was a done deal. That same authority is afforded to you. When people give you places in their lives and you're resting, you're not trying to make something happen. You're not, you're not trying to control them. Hello, all my people who need to have control. Sorry, that's not right. We don't control people. We just allow the spirit of God to control us. And then we listen. And then when we're listening, it pays off. I mean, it pays off in a big way, so much so that it was somebody's life. 
okay? It wasn't just a small thing. This is not a game. This is not like fun, like Sunday school stuff. This is real life stuff. And if you can be cognizant, if you can stay aware, then the things that he'll show you, the things that he'll speak to you, it'll change not only the life of that person. How many of you know that Amaris's life was changed forever by that incident in Africa when she literally almost died? That if I had been in a spot, if her family had been in a spot where we were just so worried about other things, instead of tuning my ear to heaven for what needed to happen, I'm not sure what could have happened. She could have died. It's so important that we are in our places, in the spot that God's called us to be in, firmly, and we're sure about it. And no, and you don't have to make excuses for why you walk in the authority that you walk in or why you say the things the way that you say them. No, you're sure that God's called you to be in this place. Does that make sense to everybody? Awesome. Well, well I don't know where my husband just went. This is your cue, babe. That's <laughs> It's so funny. He asked me before, he was like, hey, do you want us to come up like at this time or, and I was like, uh, I don't, I'll just tell you when. (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) Now, as Miss Eileen makes her way to this stage, would you guys just stand with me this morning or this afternoon? How many of you guys can say like, this truly helped me? Yeah? Good, good. Praise the Lord. I think it's so important that we get a good handle on like what discipleship looks like because I really believe, and you know, Pastor Andrew said this from the, pul- the pulpit before, but I really believe that we're coming to a time when church will not just be like it is right now. I think it's awesome that we can be in a building, but how many of you know that one day we're not gonna be able to meet in a building because of the state of the world? And so I'm teaching this to you right now, planting seeds for the future, for when you're not gonna be able to meet like this. We're not gonna be able to corporately worship together. Maybe we're having house churches and you're gonna have to properly navigate discipling those people that are in your house church, right? Like that's just real. Revelations is happening upon us very quickly. So it's so imperative that we get this right. And in that same way, can I have everybody just bow your heads and close your eyes? I don't want anybody looking around. I want this time to be really personal between you and the Lord. I want you to really take a second and inventory the state of your heart. Take some time to ask yourself where you've really been at. Only he's really going to know the answer to these things. Has your heart been soft to him? Have you not been listening? Has maybe the Lord laid someone on your heart that you haven't contacted? Or you're having a difficult moment with the people that are in your lives, that is in your life currently. I want us this morning to just take some time to to surrender our hearts again to the Lord. To really give him our all. I think we could all agree that he is so worthy of our all. He's worthy of our yes. I don't want any of us to leave this place without taking time to recognize the state of our own hearts and to get it right. You do not have to leave this place hearing what you've heard, knowing what you know, the same. You don't have to leave the same. So this morning, if my prayer partners could come up too, this morning, if you say like, ah, the state of my heart's not been great. I've not been a very worthy disciple. I've not been discipling others well. Or maybe you just have some heart things that are going on that you just want prayer for. You need a touch from heaven. And I would just invite you to come. We want to pray with you. We want to speak life over you and into you. The Lord does not want us to have hearts that are, that are not the rich soil, that are yielding so much fruit. No, he aims and purposes that we would be so fruitful in everything that we do, everything that we say, every person that we, that we touch. So if that's you, as, as Miss Eileen plays, I would just invite every person to come up who feels the need to respond to this.
thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. And as people are responding, I'll just encourage you to just worship. Just turn your hearts toward him. If that's not you, that's awesome. Let's continue to say yes to God. Let's continue to dedicate our lives to him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We'll never stop. We can't live without you. Jesus, we love you. I can't get enough. All this is for you, Jesus. Oh, it's all for you, Jesus. One sing, we love you. We love you, and we'll never stop. We can't live without you, Jesus. We love you. We can't get enough, and all this is for you, Jesus. Oh, this is for you, Jesus. So come and consume, God, all we are. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours. We want you. We want you. So come and consume, God, all we are. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours. We want you. Yeah, we want you. So come and consume, God, all we are. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours. We want you. Come on, is that your cry? Oh, we just want you. Come and consume, God, all we are. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours. We want you. Yeah, we want you. And we love you. And we'll never stop. We can't live without you, Jesus. We love you, we can't get enough, and all this is for you, Jesus. Our love is for you, our love is for you, our affection is toward you. Lord, have 
This is such an awesome time and moment in his presence. And I'm so thankful for that. But I just want to formally like dismiss everyone. I know it's on Sunday. Sometimes people got places to be, lunch to eat, people to see, and that's totally okay. But if you'd still like prayer or you just like to soak in the presence, um, we're, they're going to play some music in the back and we're just going to stay in this atmosphere of worship because if you don't want to leave, then you don't have to. So I would just encourage you to disciple people well and let's go love God, love people and lead well. And we'll see you next week. Amen.